Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Charlotte Ellis. Charlotte, we are so happy to have you here today. You are an editor for the Presents line with Harlequin. Please tell us, how is your 2022 going? Hi, um, hi everyone. I'm yes, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, yeah, 2020, <laughs> 2022. So, I mean, I was saying to Aaron just before we started that it seems to have gone so fast. I can't believe we're in May already. Um, but the sun is shining here in the UK, so that's got to be a positive. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you ready to get into some icebreakers, Charlotte? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? I think it would probably have to say something along the lines of warning likes to be organized and color coding um there's a reason that the home edit is one of my absolute favorite shows on netflix (laughs) that's because i just identify so much what they do Um, has this been a lifelong warning label or is this something you grew into i think it's been pretty lifelong to be honest (laughs) yeah that's awesome well, my email folders are categorized and all have their own kind of color codes. So yeah, I think <laughs> to the extreme sometimes, but it works for me. So have have you had any odd reactions to that? Like someone sees like the color coordination of your pens on your desk, and they're like, um, they get <laughs> they get a little look in their eyes. <laughs> I think I think there probably have been a few over the years, but um, I think most people are just kind of impressed that um it's just at that level but I think whatever works for you to get things done and that's what works for me absolutely (laughs) I totally aspire to be someone like you but you would probably freak out if you saw like my email (laughs) inbox it's awful but I aspire to be organized (laughs) yeah yeah, I think there's different levels of kind of that for everyone so yeah I think agree whatever I'm just you work that's great (laughs) I'm glad you can't see my desk right now the 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 webcam isn't showing that so that's that's good (laughs) what would be the first song on the soundtrack to your life oh I'd have to say probably go your own way by Fleetwood Mac oh very very good choice Absolutely. What, love that. what is one hill you will wholeheartedly die on? I may lose a lot of potentially respect followers for this, but um, I really think peanut butter is absolutely gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other nut butter, it's great, but I, I know peanut butter has a great many fans, but for me, yeah, just really cannot, never been able to get on board with that one, which I think puts me apart from a lot of people in this world. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Yes, that's, that's just fine. I no. can do like a teaspoon in a smoothie and that's just mm. about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I know people kind of, yeah, eat it by the spoon, the spoonful just straight from the jar. Yeah, which, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's I will eat you with other things like Nutella maybe, but yeah, peanut butter. No. <laughs> what was one of your teenage obsessions? Um, I'm going to have to say Zac Efron. <laughs> most likely i think it all started when um with high school musical um when it first was released and it was kind of here in the uk it was only kind of on sky and we used to uh we had a had like sleepovers with um whoever man had got sky in back in the day and um all just started there love it 
Love it. So is, is Sky like a premium channel or something that you, that you have to pay for? So yeah, and I think definitely kind of back in my teenage years, it was um, fewer people had it. So it was kind of a bit of a, <laughs> yeah, definitely a kind of special occasion that we got to kind of watch it. So it was great. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar back in the day, you know, and you needed to pay extra for HBO. You know, you'd have that friend that, that yeah. oh, they've got HBO, so we're going to have to sleep yeah. over their house that night. <laughs> exactly. It's imperative. <laughs> On the Presents Submittable page, we read that you can't get enough of sexy accents. What is one of your favorites? I think, I mean, obviously all of them, but I think I'll probably have to go with French, um, in part because it's just, after all, kind of the language of love. Um, But also, I lived there for a while, and yeah, just just kind of hearing it around it's just so kind of magical so yeah absolutely love it <laughs> well we love hearing romance origin stories share with us how you became a romance reader reader oh of course um this is so kind of typically harlequin and <laughs> kind of the way it happened i think um i was especially harlequin presents i was um on holiday in greece <laughs> Um, Greek island and they had one of those like lending libraries where you kind of finish a book and you put it on the shelf and then you swap it for one that someone else has read and there was a copy of a really kind of old school classic Harlequin Harlequin on the lending library and yeah I picked it up and I can't even tell you who the characters were who the author was but I just remember that feeling of reading it and just being completely hooked um and that's where it all started. And then from then on, just, yeah. So yeah, I started right from the very beginning with Harlequin in romance terms. Yeah. And then, yeah, just kind of continued from there. Yeah, absolutely hooked. <laughs> okay, so how romantic is it to get your romance origin start in Greece while you're on vacation? That's, that's like, like straight out of a present. Charlotte, that is not a typical answer for us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel especially now, like I understand, like being part of the Harlequin kind of world and knowing exactly kind of that kind of Greek island. And um, yeah, it just seems so serendipitous that it's kind of <laughs> that it happened that way. Um, and yeah, I love that story. I love the fact that that's what it was. I think I even put it in my cover letter when I applied for the job at <laughs> Mills and Bean um, oh, as well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we read on the Write for Harlequin website that you acquire books across Harlequin Presents, Romance, Medical, Historical Series. We'd love to hear about your journey into working in the romance publishing world. Sure, of course. Um, I think I had a slightly um, not totally typical kind of journey into kind of working in romance publishing. Um, I started, my first job was um, kind of as a student teacher for a year, um, kind of coaching sport and being a PE teacher. So very different to what I'm doing now. Um, But kind of knew that wasn't forever as much as I kind of really enjoyed that year. And then um, but then kind of straight from there, kind of looked to get into publishing. I kind of just seemed like the perfect fit. And I bet everyone says this, <laughs> that um, if you love reading, then publishing is kind of the perfect, perfect industry. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like the really perfect fit. And so ended up working at kind of an educational publisher in the UK and then um, saw the advert for Mills and Boone and Obviously, by that point, I was 
a voracious, like voracious reader of avid reader of um, Harlequin and thought this is absolutely the perfect job. Um, and so went for it. I think I applied kind of really like on the deadline. because I was just so excited. I saw it like the day before it finished, got so excited and applied. And then, yeah, I feel like kind of the rest is history. Um, wow. I've been been at Harlequin Mills and Bean ever since. So um, for the past kind of five and a half, six years. So just all so really great. worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take us through a typical work day for you. What does it look like? Sure. Um, I mean, obviously very much kind of depends on the day. Um, a little bit of reading here and there. Um, I normally like to, if I can, kind of have a big chunk of time to get to read. So I'm not getting interrupted by various emails and things. Um, sometimes um, definitely kind of every day be emailing my authors or perhaps talking to them on the phone, which is always a joy just to chat to chat through with them about their books and kind of the characters they're writing which is so nice to kind of sit there and just speak to them about that feels a bit (laughs) like a dream sometimes um reviewing kind of covers sometimes we'll get kind of those covers landed our inbox and oh they're such a joy to see um they're a joy for us to see too oh absolutely (laughs) it feels yeah such a privilege to get to see get to see them first and yeah just kind of see why readers are going to love to kind of buy that book and see that cover in its first form that's great um yeah and kind of titling sometimes we'll do kind of a lot of titling on the book sometimes we'll have a title meeting sit down and kind of brainstorm the titles which is great and I think yeah it kind of really depends on the day but I always try and fit in some reading where I can whether it's just a couple of chapters um so yeah so are you coming up with titles like have you come up with any of them yeah so we, as editors we're super involved in kind of the titling process um we come up with like potential titles for the book and kind of all sit around and discuss those as a team um and then and yeah and, and decide kind of what direction we're going to go in so yeah super involved which is always really fun now we talked with the the creative director and he said that that the editors do sometimes have are in on the round tables for the covers so what what does that look like when they're asking for editor input? Yeah, I think I definitely think that's probably slightly different for each series. But I know for presents, like similarly with the titles, we get to work on the cover concepts really closely with um, the art department. And um, yeah, that's always kind of really thrilling to decide um, on a scene that really fits the story super well and um really especially as well because it means we get to kind of be so close to each and every book in this in the lineup in the month um so and understand what makes it unique which is just always so amazing um and to kind of yeah decide which kind of luxury glamorous location we're gonna have on the cover and (laughs) where we're gonna sweep them off to um, so yeah, we do we do have quite a lot of involvement in that, which is which is really nice. Well, we as readers love the covers, and as well, we get eight new presents books each month. Mm-hmm. How many titles are you usually working on? Yeah, so I think um, so within the presents team, we're kind of we work on all eight books in kind of some respect, whether that's titles or covers, kind of all the packaging elements that are going on for the books. And I think so each it's kind of set of books in a month they're at different kind of stages so actually we could be working on three different months of books at different kind of stages um, in the process um so yeah so you definitely get to kind of in some respect work on all the books which is yeah because it kind of keeps you in touch with them all and you know kind of what all the authors are doing and I think it's really yeah it's really great that we kind of get that chance to keep in touch with 
um what all the authors are doing not just kind of the authors that we work it with more personally as well and um because then yeah at the time we're working on those we're also working with our authors across the other series as well so it's just really nice to kind of always be involved in each of the series as well as presents and and know what's going on and um where our authors are at which is really lovely so you mentioned like having calls with the authors are you mm. doing the i got the calls like are you making those phone calls yes sometimes oh, and they oh, love those <laughs> to make um yeah, and also over the pandemic as well I think we started kind of sometimes doing video calls as well so not just kind of hearing that reaction but seeing it is really much more powerful sometimes um yeah. just the shock on people's faces or um I think I've had a couple where people have just been so either normally people are either really overwhelmed and just don't know what to say or <laughs> I think odd a couple of kind of tears here and there and it's just but with absolute joy and that's what's so amazing when you make that call is that that everyone's just so no nobody's ever really expecting it yeah <laughs> it's just so um they're just so happy um yeah and it's and it's always lovely to connect with kind of new authors and to be especially because um from our kind of end like we've worked with them on their book for um kind of over the course of kind of the chapters and then the full manuscript and so all that kind of work that's gone into it it's just really lovely to get to see that come to fruition and that all that hard work has has resulted in their book being published um which is just amazing um and I know that it means so much to them and it means so much to us as well so how did you in like how do you as an editor wind up working with the different series like not just presents but also like romance and medical and historical how does that happen so I think um slightly different in the different offices across Harlequin so here in the UK that's quite typical for all the editors have um, authors across the different series that are acquired in the UK whereas I know that's not necessarily the same for the other series um but uh, yeah for for us it's really nice that we kind of get that variety in our, our personal author base um um, as well as being able to more, work kind of more closely on presents as well. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works in the UK. All right. I have to, I have to ask on on the flip side of giving people the initial you got the call. Mm-hmm. How how much are you playing like therapist? I guess when like it comes to revisions and things like that, and maybe you know authors having a rough time, and you mm-hmm. know uh, how how often are you there to to talk people off the ledge? I think less than you'd think because I think ultimately kind of we all want to get to the same place with the book like we all want what's best for their book and the characters and kind of to really capitalize on the author's vision for that book and to bring out the very best in the characters so I think kind of the conversations that we end up having are more along those lines than um the author having a complete kind of meltdown because <laughs> it wasn't what I expected I think yeah that's, that kind of rarely happens I think actually it's more about working together to get the book to where to get the best out of it and to where you want it to be and I think that's one of the best things about this job is building that kind of relationship with our authors and be able to work together to do yeah. that um because that's kind of what what the characters are doing in the story as well so it kind of just feels like an extension of that um and helping them get to where you where they want to get that happy ever after and where kind of we want to get them to so yeah and this i guess is why we hear so much praise from authors about how great it is to work for harlequin yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's so nice here. well we love working with our authors as well so 
<laughs> the feeling is mutual. Well, one of the key elements listed under the Presents Guidelines is these stories are pure romantic fantasy, which I think is safe to say. We just love that so much. Uh, as an editor, what advice do you have for capturing the iconic fantasy Presents is known for? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like with Presents, um, that kind of... Um, key aspect of it um is that kind of to remember that presents heroes in particular are known for that kind of they're super rich they're billionaires they've got all that money in the bank so they can afford to go to these places and do things that most people um and definitely people outside of (laughs) outside of the story world like wouldn't even be able to dream of so i think the sky is the limit in terms of kind of those situations and capturing that kind of fantasy element in presents in particular um like they could be flying somewhere on their private jet one day and and then in kind of a penthouse suite the next so there's really kind of no need to hold back um you can just go kind of as all out as you want with a presents because of the nature of um kind of how much money is at play for, for the hero in the story so i think that's one of the things that means that you can just go all out and be super outrageous um because the hit because that world is outrageous and completely kind of luxurious um and you can just go for it <laughs> don't hold back all right well we've been wanting to ask this for a while and and as we think we finally have the right person in front of us have you ever had to tell an author <laughs> no that's too far-fetched we need to bring it back to reality a little more <laughs> I can't. what is too much for presents what I is too much said, yeah what is too much for presents i'm not sure <laughs> Yes, there is. As long as it's kind of, as long as it works within like kind of the story, I think as long as, as long as, as long as within the world that you've built for your characters in that story it is believable, mm-hmm. then kind of yeah. Well, what are the limits? I, I'd love someone to kind of really push it and for me to have to push back and say this is just so unrealistically fantastical that I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe someone will prove me wrong. (laughs) Well, another key element in Presents is the high sensuality and skyrocketing sexual tension. What is the key to capturing both the sexual tension and the inner emotional conflict in less than 250 pages? I think in Presents, there's kind of the whole series is kind of the stories we tell have that kind of constant overwhelm of emotion and passion and that's really what's key to the series and underpins everything so and I don't think it's something you can kind of underestimate um as a as an author or as a reader that drawing kind of all that out from the characters and using their um kind of their backgrounds and all that kind of emotion that's going on for them underneath and showcasing that like at each and every opportunity in the story kind of right from the very beginning is what's so key kind of having the characters push each other's boundaries as well as their own is what's so key in capturing that intensity in that kind of more limited page space and just yeah really going for it building that kind of tension and connection right from the very first page oh uh, yeah and I think that's something as well like not to be afraid to kind of get them on the page kind of so quickly because then you've got the rest of the story to kind of build their connection as well you've not wait you've not kind of you've not got to wait to see them together they're there right from the very start yeah I'm like once I think that we've seen it like once you really get hooked on category once you're like a fan of presents if you read something where it's like five chapters in when they're first meeting you're like okay this is so slow we should have like yeah. met chapters ago why are they not together on the page 
<laughs> well, <laughs> adding on to those two elements, Presents is also known for its glamorous international settings. How does the setting factor into the balance of the key elements? Of- yeah, I think it's such a huge part of the stories. I think, and often we say that actually it's almost like a third character in the story. Um, it's it's part of that building of the world that the characters are in particularly for present i mean obviously for all the series but i think with presents kind of the level of luxury and glamour and kind of wealth that is so kind of inherently part of that presents world and the kind of characters that we have that it's so necessary to have that world um particularly on an international level because i mean well i think on various levels like obviously it's kind of that jet set from one kind of location to another um capturing kind of characters from all different um locations in the world um so yeah i'd say it's super important and kind of building that kind of the setting as a character building it up in the story is just as important um to remember as um as building the characters themselves as an editor when you're reading a submission do you find you have to help develop the hero to fit a presents story or the heroine to fit a presents story so tricky i think i think perhaps it's less kind of about them as characters fitting into the mold of a presents hero or heroine um because kind of yeah i'm not even sure i say the word mold i'm not even sure there is kind of a, a mold as such but yeah and more about kind of exploring their kind of internal emotional barriers and showing readers what's kind of causing that delicious kind of tension um and kind of push and pull between their conflict and that kind of intense desire they have for one another um and capturing that on the page because that's really kind of what's going to allow readers to see the intense effect that they're having on one another um Mm -hmm. and it's that intensity that is so um such a big part of the presents world and innate part of the characters and the way that they build their kind of relationship so i think uh, yeah i'd say it's more kind of about that than kind of um developing um or pushing them into to be more kind of presents in some way. Okay. We've heard, and I think it's on the website too, like you hear so much about the presents hero, right? He's like, there's, it's, they're alpha males and he has all the money in the world, but it doesn't matter if he can't have the heroine. So we're always like, okay, like with you working with presents and romance, Mm-hmm. A, a presents hero isn't necessarily going to like walk into a romance novel or like a medical no. it's gonna be different but like the heroine could she walk into a romance maybe she could but like it would be like a shock for the presents hero i feel like yeah i think you're you're right that the hero in particular that kind of alpha maleness and the way that you can um kind of push push his desire for that him to the absolute limit to the point where yeah you want him to be outrageous and be that alpha male and kind of almost do anything and have to rewrite his whole rule book for the heroine mm-hmm. um is something that is quite kind of unique to present um definitely whereas yeah you're right kind of heroines but then equally i think the heroines themselves too they need to be able to kind of stand up to the hero and have that strong kind of character as well and and not just let be a pushover um not that any of the heroines in the other series are pushovers but i think particularly in presents with um the dynamics at play yeah you want that heroine that's gonna really kind of push his buttons even unknowingly yeah um, <laughs> yeah she becomes like the thorn in his side <laughs> exactly yes yeah. the one that just won't kind of go away right. <laughs> just won't 
that they just can't stop thinking about, which is, yeah, yeah which is, I guess, what we all want. Yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. So with romance being your, j- your day job, do you have time to read for fun? I mean, you have like the coolest job ever and you probably read at work for fun, but at home at the end of the day, do you have time to read? <laughs> definitely I think you're right I think like um reading because reading is my day job it's always kind of that reading is fun too so I'm so lucky that totally get to kind of have the best of both worlds but yes also get to read kind of outside that and I think I would say kind of very but very much a mixture like definitely still read romance as well (laughs) but also I love a bit of crime and thriller um and also kind of yeah as well I feel like that's probably kind of the second genre second most read genre of mine beyond that as well um but yeah it's just and it's also just really lovely to see what else is out there in the kind of in the romance space um and beyond that as well um to understand yeah what else is being published and what other stories are out there because I think that always then is useful to inform what we do in category as well um because even though obviously category is so specific and um like we're always kind of looking for ways in which we can kind of move with the times and um I think that just that in general kind of comes from kind of keeping your finger on the pulse with what else is out there and um as well so I say yeah it's probably <laughs> actually as much as it's so fun it's totally necessary as well to kind of get to, to get to know the industry and get to know what other what, what else is out there yeah. over there is is what we consider chiclet is that still popular over there in the uk um yeah i'd say i'd say so i'm I'm, yeah i think we see a lot of titles from over there that look like just we love your all's covers over here and they look very kind of chiclet ish to us but i think they're just romance Mm -hmm. But I know there's like always discussion on what is chiclet. So yeah, and I think it's really interesting you say about the covers because I think obviously the covers are slightly different here in the UK to they are with you. And I always find that really interesting that the covers, the kind of images that resonate here is slightly different to what resonates there. And you're right that, yeah, it looks um, from just the cover, it can look so different, which is yeah. just so, yeah, so intriguing. Um but I do love the kind of North American covers that we have with the with the arch and the location. It's just <laughs> gives you so much of a sense of the book without giving too much away. <laughs> All right, I I have an unplanned question here. So, what being a Harlequin fan, when you stepped into this position, did you have any kind of starstruckness going on? Were you like about to send an email, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually going to send revisions to Lynn Graham." <laughs> Sends revisions to Lynn Graham, Charlotte, or Maisie Yates, Lucy <laughs> Monroe. I definitely think, especially when I first started, yeah, like um, you have those kind of moments that not just being starstruck, but just kind of like I get to send these emails to all these authors that I've yes. read. Um, even just a basic email asking them to, I don't know, <laughs> just asking a question, um, which yeah, is just. I mean, I think you get used to it to a certain extent, which is, <laughs> which I kind of wish you didn't. But yeah, just, I definitely think when I first started um, just being, yeah, just kind of being fully like immersed in the world that I'd read so much of and getting to read the stories as part of my job. It was just overwhelmingly amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, do you have a favorite romance trope you like to read? I do. I really love a lover's reunited story. Um, Mm. Like a husband and wife getting back together after 
um after something kind of traumatic and terrible has happened or just yeah being reunited after kind of a past a past love affair I think it's like I don't know it's just that second chance kind of with plenty of like passion and conflict in the middle that just really gets me it's yeah um always has done I think because there's this whole kind of back history of that they once loved each other but then it all fell apart and it's just inherently so romantic in some way like before you even start for me that I just yeah really love (laughs) and there's already that built-in chemistry that's there yes exactly and I think sometimes because of that you can kind of go in slightly harder with the attraction for one another because you know you believe it's there because it's already been there it's not kind Mm -hmm. of you've not had to build it up as much initially because just of the way that the story's kind of set up and I think that can particularly kind of in stories and series where it's kind of that sexier um just gets that desire on the page all that quick all that much quicker and yeah which I absolutely yeah love well I have a an insert question here Mm -hmm. so okay you picked up your first harlequin on a vacation in greece (laughs) holiday in greece as a teenager and now you're an editor for Mm -hmm. for harlequin mills and boone tell us what does it feel like getting to be part of something so iconic i think i definitely at the time um when i picked up that book i didn't realize quite how iconic brand was as i yeah it's not but then as i definitely kind of got into into reading kind of category romance realized that harlequin was the best place to go for those and how um amazing the stories were and yeah and i think even kind of when i first started the job i think as the years have gone on like you just being around every day and the people who work here you just get to know how invested everyone is in the brand and in harlequin and and that's what part of what makes it so special um and i think that has a lot to do with why it's so iconic that everyone truly loves category romance who works on the books and is just so kind of is the biggest advocate for category romance and i think that's what part of what makes it so special and what is a joy to be a part of um and that I get to kind of count myself as one of those people um it's just it's just brilliant <laughs> yeah um and just yeah I feel like one of the luckiest people to be able to do that well lastly where can everyone follow you online um they can follow me on twitter <laughs> so um at c ellis harlequin on twitter so yeah please do follow me and say hello um <laughs> always thrilled to have new followers um always a joy to have that notification um so yeah that's the main um main place you can follow us and also we've just launched um right for harlequin linkedin page as well um so please um if anyone wants to take a look at that um that'd be great as well um um but yeah um twitter is the main one okay is there anything for anyone listening that's like an aspiring writer that loves presents? Is there anything you're looking for right now? Or, you know, some some have you gotten something recently that just really surprised you and you're like, I want more of this? A couple of things definitely kind of come to mind, I think, um, particularly for presents, like location, location, location. Like we have so many brilliant kind of Mediterranean and stories in. Um, settings and stories in kind of fictional kingdoms and settings which absolutely please keep sending them our way um but also kind of love to see stories set in those kind of other real world exciting kind of places like all around the world like with kind of no limits um on that i think that would be um that's kind of definitely one of the things like i know 
that we'd love to see and kind of off the back of that I think kind of books that do reflect like every reader's experience um like of the world um and yeah so that like all our readers can see themselves kind of reflected in the stories that we publish um so kind of yeah broadening kind of those characters and settings as well as our like author base um as well I think is something that yeah we really want to see and present in particular but of course beyond that as well well thank you so much for hanging out with us yes, today thank you. and well, thank you so much for having me it's been it's been we've great been so excited. <laughs> we've been so excited so <laughs> listeners we will have links to where you can keep up with charlotte on twitter you have to keep up with her especially if you're an aspiring author she's always putting hey we're doing a pitch or you know stuff Please that she's looking for <laughs> definitely keep up with her and of course we'll have links to you know the lines that she works with so you can go buy the books because they're all fantastic so yes uh thank you all for listening aaron and i will talk with you in our next episode have a lovely day everybody bye bye